one of the things that we definitely can do better using Web3 is this cross-platform operation when we unite several channels of communication and say we run uh, different campaigns on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and on our own website, and then we can recognize much more easily our customer if they use their own identifiers, sort of like internet of customer. This is Ready Layer One. It's a Web3 podcast that focuses on the Near ecosystem. And Joe, how would you describe Near to people? Real, just if they haven't heard. It would say if you haven't, especially even been around recently, uh, they are now market themselves as the blockchain operating system. And so Near has really started to become actual infrastructure for projects that is within crypto and, and the blockchain. Much different approach than other L1s that are, you know, assuming that everyone will just build on top of them, where Near is actually providing tools and infrastructure for everybody. Uh, so this uh, episode, we interviewed a project that's been a uh, building for a little bit, uh, and by a founder who's been around for quite a while called V Self. So the best way I'd kind of describe it, it's a couple things, but it's kind of marketing tool. It also uses soulbound tokens, uh, engagement, community rewards, and I and uh, seems like it sort of targets that area. What did you think about this interview? So this is an interesting topic because there are a few different players in the space across multiple chains, and. I would think if you were to talk to every single company that's trying to do something similar, they would all have a slightly different approach. And I think VSelf is really trying to come at it from an aspect of trying to really leverage the Web3 piece of this and not yeah. just trying to make another like loyalty program. Like but... not just scraping Twitter API. Right. <laughs> exactly. And not just doing that or not even just even like a simple like where it's like, hey, if you buy... 10 hot dogs, you get your 11.3 kind of reward system. Yeah. It's more, it's trying to be a little bit more nuanced. And so I thought this interview was interesting because we get into all those different pieces of that. Yeah. And the founder is Tatiana, right? It's, and she was very, she knows the space. She's smart. She can talk. She can talk the details of Web3. I thought that like, you know, talked about the marketing aspect, which is definitely my focus. But then you and her get into some more technical stuff too, which I was a nice thing to hear about. Yeah, I think it it was important and I hope as, you know, we talk to more, maybe as if you are listening to other companies be interviewed, that they get into actually some of the technical aspects of this because some things that people are sometimes missing is that, you know, these companies come in and try to recreate what's in Web 2 and in doing so, it, it doesn't actually preserve things like privacy, which is what you're hoping for in the open web. And so... Uh, it's important to talk those details, not just the marketing piece. Absolutely, man. And uh, part I really like this is like, because we get into soulbound tokens and like you say very, <laughs> like a great way, like they need to rename them because soulbound tokens yeah. sounds so like, so intense. Like, because they're not really intense. That. Like, yeah. My problem is, and you know, we talk about a, a little bit and she gives, Tatiana gives a lot of her thoughts on it, especially too. But yeah, it's one of those things where I think it needs to be a larger discussion because they come up a lot and people instantly hear that word and they just think this is like for the rest of my life or I'm signing something over or whatever. And it's not that. And it, people need to understand because the thing I always worry about, and I don't remember exactly how much we get into this piece of it, but it is important that like you can get away from that soulbound token. So people are, you know, the worry always is like, I'm going to have these soulbound tokens attached to my wallet. My wallet's become useless because 
I'm flooded with these things. And now it's no better than cookies, right? And so it's important to understand these pieces of it. Yeah, Joe, that, that that's uh we we need a Joe deep dive into soulbound tokens, <laughs> not just for your soul or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Ready Layer One. On a high level, if you want to just describe your project and yeah, first of all, thanks for having me here. I'm Tatiana, I'm the CEO and co-founder of VSL. In VSL, we rethink how community management and growth management can operate using Web3 technology. So essentially, we're a community service platform that intends to create the trustful communication channel between customers and brands. So it's a combination of loyalty, social media marketing, community engagement features, but built on things like soulbound tokens and data that we can create out of it. And our main hypothesis is that we can improve building customer 360 and things like retention and other metrics that everyone is looking for in the current market using at the same time the ability to own personal data and the data created in this business processes with we're all used to both on the side of users and side of companies so that's a short like high level description of what we're doing no, that's really interesting. I, I there are a few products that are starting to come out with similar things around customer identification using tokens. Can you talk a little bit about like what VSelf is doing in order to uh, I guess both assign those tokens to somebody and like what those tokens actually represent for someone? Yeah, we started as actually like identity platform. And we were supported by Near Foundation Grant in the beginning, thinking that we can become something like a MetaMask, but for user identity. And what we discovered is it's still a huge opportunity on the market to retrain companies to create data in a particular way because we have this gap and there is not that many things to collect. We have POAs, we have some soulbound tokens representing whatever certificates or attendance of live streams, but it's really hard to build anything substantial out of it. So it's a bit early to focus only on the identity side. So I think we and many of the projects that right now I see pivoting only in the last actually like half a year towards loyalty, towards social media marketing, see the same problem that we we'll first need to learn how to create data in the way that using these standards, preparing all these volumes that we can later use for analytics. So for us, we do see projects like Flon, like CoCreate, that doing similar things, focusing on Web 2.5 audience. And we decided to uh, go in several kind of aspects. One is continuing working partially on the identity application and focusing a lot on the ability to plug and play with your data as a customer and being able to leave the ecosystem if you don't like it and kind of repurpose whatever you've created in a different environment. And second is uh, privacy, because one of the things that we are struggling to sell, if you will, to general public is a variety of data is on chain. If you do have blockchain as a backend for these processes, how are we going to overcome the conversation about GDPR and uh, all this regulation that restricts us from storing sensitive data in public? And that's uh, partially a work in progress. We do have our own zero knowledge proof layer to kind of play around some of the use cases of ours. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do see that we're one of the few projects that are doing that in-house. Interesting. Can Maybe we take like a little step back. I'm sure Jared's probably asking the same kind of question. Yeah. But like where, so like when we, I think everyone understands like in Web2, right? Like you have cookies and all these other different tracking, tracking mechanisms, right? That go on and that becomes, there's both a good and a bad of it, right? There's a privacy aspect that people complain about and maybe are concerned about. But then there is a piece of it as if you are selling a product, you have running a business, there are some things that you do actually need to get out of these things. So where does your product come in and fit? And like, what is it solving for from kind of a web two now to web three? That's a really uh, good question that I'm still trying to find a way how to simply explain, because I think the most um, kind of complex um, mental model around web three is this idea of being able to take your data and having this decentralized storage for data, both for companies and users. So I think one of the things that we definitely can do better using Web3 is this cross-platform operation when we unite several channels of communication and say we run different campaigns on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Uh, and on our own website, and then we can recognize much more easily our customer if they use their own identifiers, sort of like internet of customer kind of thing. When they suddenly get their own ID and suddenly get their own like information stack behind them, and it works not only in the um, kind of environment of one brand, we can use it as a this meta community building while we can align um, brands and projects with similar missions and similar target audience. And then we have like more opportunity to create this interesting like persona of users and even start solving this user-generated content um, kind of uh, paradox, because we do see that in many marketing campaigns today, uh, this type of contact is like leading more than half of the successful leads and successful sales, especially in community-driven growth, which is quite a popular way to sell stuff today you know, using social media networks and uh, instruments like that. And how we can capture somebody's impact on brand growth if it's not a paid influencer or paid Mm. ambassador Mm. and that's where this web3 component can start playing around it's like on one side we slowly bring it by uh, running more and more campaigns in particular way but eventually we're going to have this ability to create this reputation of the customer and their right to choose like how they want to represent themselves Okay, cool. Um, there's a there's a bit to unpack. So I'm actually going to even go a step further back. I'm going to because I could just we we'll, we'll riff on marketing here in a second. But I want to I want to try to frame where your product is. So what on like a base level is your product? I go to I go to vself. What's your website? Vself. Vself.app. Okay, vself.app. I go there. What yeah. what do I get? What am I what am I am I getting a soulbound token? Am I creating a profile? Am I what what's that step? Mm, when you get there as our partner, you launch a collection of soulbound tokens. Okay, that so you can partners associate different. with 
So sorry, I'm going to yeah. jump in and I'm going to like kind of let's let's I'm going to break this into small parts because as I get it, it might help me and maybe the listener. OK, so your partners. So your target market isn't so much the audience. It's the partners. So uh, projects, brands, whatever, go to be self and partner with you. Right. And then they right. can create soulbound tokens with you. And then they can use these soulbound tokens in all the mechanics that they um, kind of operate with with their audience. For example, okay. referrals. One of the simplest use cases that we are running now as pilots is using soulbound tokens as an invitation to community or campaign. For example, recently we're partnering with Reputation is King campaign that united 12 different companies in the near ecosystem. And there we're using our soulbound tokens at the referral link. So we're ge generally like uh, sending it to our participants. We can also organize a contest, like who will invite more people yeah. using their individual links and things like that. And then obviously it can be used as gated access talking to Discord and limited access. The the partners that you work with, they will launch soulbound tokens. Do they select a number of them? Is it just infinite amount, as many as they want? Is it a rolling type thing? How does that work? Yeah, that's a um, what we call Web3 Studio when you can set up whether you need authorization to access your soulbound tokens, number of these tokens, and then they form how you want to distribute it. So far was like first version of our pilot. So it's like a limited number of features live on mainnet, but it's already out there and anyone who wants to try it. But that's why we're not really limiting it as a only B2B features. We didn't uh, make it as a private beta only for like whitelisted mm -hmm. because we want, if somebody wants to launch their own, whatever, Soulbound token referral for their Twitter space, they are feel free to do that because it's only uh, depends on like their um, kind of fee payments from their account. <laughs> cool. So the, the the partners launch a soul a soulbound token, and then they can get uh, their audience to collect the soulbound tokens in in ways that they creatively want to get them to hold them. Now, with that soulbound token, that's attached to a near wallet, correct? Like each user near wallet. Yeah, correct. And we created a simplified version how to get near wallet. So in one side, it's uh, just literally a simple drop when users choose their near name on our website and mm -hmm. can uh, in a short fast track onboard themselves on near. And with one of the Web2 clients, we're right now testing similar to a key pump scenario, but even shorter because uh, for them, we generate accounts ourselves and just propose them to download their uh, passphrase if they want to so you're doing trial to the permanent yeah with trial the trial accounts? Accounts as well. cool okay so people so if you're an audience member you can then collect the soulbound tokens through a trial account so you don't even have to to deal with any sort of financial aspect or you can create a permanent near account if you're uh, degen enough to understand because totally. you, you know that onboarding is one of the problems in all this when you're a project that connects with uh, VSelf and you now have been building your audience of Soulbound token holders, what are the next steps? What is the the next use cases? Next steps uh, are the kind of extension of our what we call that entity application, because for users for customers they can see something like link tree like profiles so that we call Veranda as a product. And there they have all the whatever information they want to put about themselves. It's all on near social. So it's already on decentralized storage. 
So it's kind of an interface for near social, but with all the Silbon tokens from our partners, um, like more easily displayed on their profile. So they can already see what they have collected and if it have any has any meaning in terms of gated access or discounts or whatever uh, partners associated with the Solbound token, they can uh, quickly access it and use it further. And next step is to build quests and reputational system on top of it, because when we collect enough maturity in terms of our network of partners, we can already categorize it into what this campaign meant and what kind of reputation, whatever it's going to be defied, can be brands of particular niche, like eco-friendly brands that we're trying to partner with very actively. And then we will have this uh, kind of categories inside the profile that you, for example, have like, I don't know, 10 campaigns participated in particular niche. Okay. Well, it's cool. You're using Boss, the blockchain operating system. There's a whole lot that that's cool. So at least with some components, uh, or you're using it as a gateway or however you just mentioned there. Yeah, we're I kind of like uh, really curious to see the onboarding and authorization parts on Boss, how it's going to look okay. like in the next generation. Because that's one of the friction points for us. So we're, uh, and yeah, decentralized front end. It's something that we're super curious because so far we had to do it mostly kind of in house manually, taking yeah. like pieces. It's going to be there. wild, wild west up in this boss component ecosystem. It's going to be awesome. Basically, to me, I just look at it like, all right, so we, we have a project, we're in charge. Let's just see what these components are, talented people making them. And then it's going to be like, I don't know what it's going to happen. It's going to be a while. It's going to basically be like a game of business models, which I think is interesting. Like in web two, people can have bad business models, which I think there's so many bad business models and we can maybe pivot this into marketing too, but like monthly paying, not paying per usage, things like that. Uh, the whole uh, marketing on web two is just basically farming humans information and then like retargeting them ads. And there's so much theft in that, you know, like, or, maybe theft is the wrong word, but like <laughs> misallocated money sort of scams with digital. Like when people drop, like I, I look on uh, Twitter and people show like top influencers of blah, blah chain, all that data is incorrect. Cause they're using like really bad sources. They're using like some cheesy website that like you have to hold their token to get like ranking. Right. So do you see, I, you know, basically hold up. Joe, jump in here because I'm just going off on a rant on like my, my why <laughs> yeah, I think bad business models in marketing. Yeah. What do you jump in? Let's. Yeah, I I would love to kind of <laughs> keep talking a little bit about so the way that you're presenting this to businesses and other platforms. Uh, can you explain a little bit more of so? Uh, let's say uh, I'm platform X Y Z. I come to V Self. I say I want to want to you want to start issuing soulbound tokens. So now. Uh, I give it out, like you said, like a Twitter space or whatever. And now I have uh, users or potentially maybe customers who have my token. What's the next step for me as the platform? Where am I now able to connect with them? Am I able to track them? What What happens next? I think from that perspective, it doesn't differ much from traditional CRM approach because the only difference is that your customers can control their side better. Um, and also we, we need to work more on the consent side when we're 
dropping tokens on somebody, especially when it's non-transferable. But yeah, we, we do have uh, statistics and eventually we're going to layer analytics on it to be able to kind of show what is the most efficient campaigns, how we have the conversion between different campaigns. For example, what we proposed last year during NearCon for Human Guild is to issue uh, cell-bound tokens for different activities for participants during mm -hmm. offline event like during the conference and then see who is coming on Twitter space and see who is coming on this space on Telegram and then kind of see the landscape like who are we dealing with how how our audience looks like and who has like full-blown near account and have any activities outside of the giveaways who are coming just for giveaways and just want Don't to get me started on giveaway gremlins there are anybody who does a giveaway, 80% of their metrics are crap. <laughs> like I will, I can like dive into anybody on a spaces who has a giveaway. That space means nothing to me. Like, like it could be a good space, but whatever metrics they use off it are a joke. Yeah. And, then, and now we can create and see what are the sort of real community of people who do something else yeah. besides like, is uh, the world ready? Prizes. Yeah. Is the world ready for real metrics? I don't know. Part of me loves like there's this like delusion happening in marketing where we're like, oh, uh, this is the engagement or whatever, you know? I don't know. I'm excited for Soulbound Tokens and this sort of approach where it's like a truth. I don't know. Because I think it'll be like it'll hurt at first. Like I think people's metrics are going to be much lower than they are anticipating. But long term, then you have like a truth of foundation to then build off of. So in 10 years from now, in the current system of metric tracking, it's all 50% fluff. When you start dialing into more actual stuff, it might just be way more beneficial because people will find ways to grow it genuinely instead of doing giveaways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jared, about truth because obviously we do have so many vanity games in so this many. regard because startups need metrics, like especially like right now when we're trying to open our fundraising round. And one of the things obviously we talk about is our attraction. And so, and we, we can uh, palm the Soulbound token distribution using and our bots and people who come to collect it on giveaways, but like why on the next step? And that's one of the problem uh, with our first trial with some of the Web3 um, partners, because on one side they don't really have long-term like marketing strategy yeah. and when, when they start creating those pops if they don't know what they want to do with them and they, if they're not targeting the kind of real users of their products and it's mm. like mean nothing and so, that that's totally. the problem people keep complaining like we need more marketing like marketing is like a singular thing that you do and i'm like marketing is like a, that's like saying crypto like there's like a thousand thousands of different types of things in there like so if someone's like marketing it's like well what do you mean like, are you doing awareness marketing? Uh, Soulbound tokens seem to be a little bit further down the funnel. Now you actually are leading someone towards a conversion. I like that. So like you would use awareness, like your web two socials to then drive people towards like maybe a uh, VSelf where they would then, you know, get a, a non-financial transaction to then get them a Soulbound token. And then your partners can engage the Soulbound token holders to try to drive a marketing strategy around that. Am I kind of getting the yeah the funnel there? Yeah, and that that's that that's kind of one of the possible trajectories. But we'll 
see how we're going to solve this UX uh, problem because like, coming back to our conversation of uh, this dark sold market of uh, advertising and like big tech companies and everything that is being like constantly criticized by Web3 people. But we will have to um, overcome this problem that the Web2 people, Web2 customers are used to very simple UX. And this is a big problem that we're working around because yes, all the conversation about like sovereignty and independence and being able to manage your own stuff is really cool. But when you see um, extra two step to authorize through wallet, then you have downturn of like 70% of newcomers and say like, God, no, I don't want to deal with this. And that's why some sort of education and some sort of like, uh, campaigns with very high incentives that people kind of gonna struggle for a minute, but will get this account at least like one time account that we propose uh, if they really want this benefit to be to towards this brand. And that's yeah. I think where this sweat uh, is a really brilliant project. How they balance this web two versus web three thing, where in half of the applications their clients don't even know that there is anything web three-ish on the decode. With with what you guys are trying to build here, and I think yeah, this, this sweat's a really interesting example here of right where a lot of this stuff is happening all in the background and eventually they can claim and do these other things. But for what you're trying to do, is it one of those situations where, you know, as you get companies coming from web two to web three, is this a transition point, not just for the users, but for also for the company? Like, is that where you're seeing that, like, you need to do a certain level of education to the company coming over of why this is a different strategy? Well, I, I guess, the, do you get what I'm, I'm kind of asking here? Of Like, where where is that transition point happening? Is it obviously, yes, with the users, but also, too, with the actual companies that are going to come on board? Mm, yeah, I think there there is a lot of education and also hands-on experiments that we need to run with companies, with our partners, because what we hear at uh, the demand, yes, they're so unhappy with the main ways how the data analytics and all this customer engagement is happening right now. And they are, I don't understand why they pay so much money when they have conversion in the best case, 3% in most of the things. Yeah. So they're kind of looking for something different, but uh, I think the habit is a very strong thing here. And one of the things that they, many of the people that we're talking to want to see in the very beginning is some sort of complex analytics. People love mm. dashboards for some reason. They, they love they a dashboard. See. Is everyone ready for straight up real metrics? I hope so. I think so. I mean, if we start showing the results, not in terms of metrics, but in terms of, better maybe then we need a new metrics or better metrics to understand like the category of closeness with uh, your audience and how involved they are how aligned they are with what you're trying to do because again when we look at the community driven projects out of web3 all the small brands or local services that sell through instagram they do have people who contribute a lot of their time to create content, to leave reviews, just because they like what the brand is doing. And that's something that we already know how to capture in Web3, at least mm-hmm. in the 
like golden era of it, like beyond hype, we see that there is a core group of people who are really interested about what particular project is doing, and that they stay on Discord or Telegram or whatever and continue building or co-creating together with the community. That's something that should be the next generation of like interest not just like numbers, how many people click particular button. From a marketing standpoint, I think we need to figure out a different term for a soulbound token. It sounds like you're selling your soul. <laughs> does, a little bit of like, you know, like, all right, I'm giving Sticky up my... token. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. No, but I get one of the things that I comes to mind here, and uh, Jared and I have talked about this in previous episodes with other people before, but so as you build on an infrastructure like Nier, and Nier is, clearly has a direction of you know, providing infrastructure that allows you to not just leverage near, but also eventually leverage other chains. Is is that the appeal for VSelf is to be able to have some of that flexibility? Because I got to imagine for you to have really quality data for this, you need to be able to see what somebody's doing on other chains as well, not just near, unless a project is really going to focus on you know, near behavior only. Mm, yeah, that's a really interesting point. And that's coming back to my comment from that from the very beginning with thought that it's already a good time to be just an identity application and collect all the information to build customer mm -hmm. 360. And right now we're focusing on mostly this B2B period to create as much data in this standard as possible. And then when one is created and adopted, it's going to be quite interoperable. And yes, in the kind of long-term vision, we really want to be multi-chain and really like waiting for this kind of sea of data going to be mature enough and volume going to be big enough to kind of provide realistic and substantial analytics like to something meaningful to get from EVM chains and things that they're most active in terms of dApps, not only hype-ish products. So yeah, that's that's definitely on the roadmap. Are you uh are is marketing sort of your passion? Just on like a as a because you're the CEO and the founder of this. Like what 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 is sort of your uh, background and made you led you this way? Oh, my background is coming from academia. I spent about 10 years as a university professor and researcher. And me and my CTO used to go to the same PhD program um, back in time. So we're kind of computer scientists and applied nice. mathematicians. Um, but um, something like uh, since 2016-17, I started participating in Web3 project as a talking engineer and analyst and started engaging in different like Web3 startup world. Mm -hmm. And I think like marketing became the interesting use case for us after doing the research, what's missing? Because yes, there was a period when you could just um, build infrastructure, ignoring whether anyone gonna ever yep. use it and kind of play around, build like a new library, like do ZK things, do like DID things. and I think like when, when the market crashed, it mm, forced us to face this more traditional questions for products, like about like market feed, about whether anybody is really gonna use it right now. And as we see even in the near ecosystem, many projects pivoted, many projects just mm -hmm. shut it down for a while totally. because 
into it. Like you don't like find your way yeah. onto near accidentally, right? Like near is not just a blockchain that you throw a dart at, you know, like it's not a top 10. Like if you're here, there's a reason it's probably tech based. It's probably because you're into the ethos of it, the decentralization, the boss, all that stuff. Your product is oh, in that's... an area that I'm into. No, oh, I think the context is really important because from one side, we do have this innovators dilemma where everyone is just yeah. trying to build something new just in case as a startup to create mm -hmm. infrastructure for the future. But when the market is hard, it's really hard to maintain the liveness of the team. We still need to pay the rent. We still need to get a pay salaries. So if there is, and investors start asking like more harsh questions, not like how you're going to change the world, but when, when it's going to be revenue based. How many people use it? And you're like, what do you mean? Why are you asking that? <laughs> like we're, we're here changing the world. But yeah, and we're in this like really interesting moment between like infrastructure and use cases. It's like valley. And I don't know how many years this is going to last, but I think, you know, I'm expecting it to be two, three years easily. Until enough use cases and sort of the people forget that sort of past pump and dump cycle that was really like NFTs, PFP NFTs, I love them, but man, are they going to like they threw like a hard wrench on like what an NFT can do. Man, did they like the easy use case blew up and it's like, oh, NFTs are so much cooler than just <laughs> that. They can do so much more. So as the use cases happen, it's going to be really exciting to see. From a, kind of a, a tech standpoint, you know, it sounds like that you guys are trying to do something, you know, pretty clever to make it really simple for both the platform and for the end user. As the end user, though, how much control do I still have over both the data I share and then if I do want to opt out and I don't want of this token, uh, are you providing ways to do that? Originally, we had this model in mind where everything should be very customizable because we didn't like uh, coming back to the question like with bad uh -huh. branding for Soulbound token. Actually, like it should be just a Tumblr in the settings, like whether you want it to be transferable or not transferable, durable, not durable. Like all these parameters is just part of the data structure that you shouldn't already think about, mm -hmm. like whether it's a standard yep. where there's everybody else is using it is just a feature but since exactly. uh, hype was one of the drivers for nfts as a particular standard to become cool or soulbound tokens to become a mm, kind of separate point of discussion of verifiable credentials again as a standard as a big like topic to um dispute around that's uh yeah that's uh, just probably the trajectory we're going in terms of market adoption but realistically yes it's just features so that we should have and same as on the user side still so far i'm really surprised that spamming using nft is not a thing yet you mm -hmm. don't have you're not requiring consent to get it and it can be like non-transferable as ours i can airdrop right now whatever we have on the platform to anyone who's near account i know and we're not doing it just because we're kind of ethical project, but that's one of the options, like spamming somebody. And mm. uh, especially other chains with most have of it. the- some, There's <laughs> some other chains, chains that are it. mad spam in your wallet. So Yeah, especially many wallets don't have the selection feature as well. So they just sure. load all your NFTs, they whatever know. standard they are, and then you kind of forced to see all your spam. So that that's something that should be uh, also flexible on the user side to have consent to be able to 
and delete or drop out of your wallets, whatever you don't like, even if it's uh, theoretically non-transferable, some sort of burn functions and mm. build up on the persona that you want, because eventually when we do have enough data on the platform and around the like near ecosystem, what we want to do is to maintain some sub-identities that you will be able to kind of create sub-identity for gaming, sub-identity for DeFi, and collect there only the information that you really need to share. And to, to do that, you should be able to kind of very easily manage multiple accounts. And that's one of the central problems today because people are a bit lazy, me included. I'm using the same near account in most of the use cases of mine. And it's probably not very good from privacy perspective because it also coincides with my Twitter handle and my Telegram handle. And eventually if somebody is super curious what I did like in terms of IDOs or staking, they can easily retrieve it from blockchain. And that's something that we should kind of fix at the moment when this is this is a very common standard. And retrospectively, maybe we're going to regret some of it. I don't know. Well, it, what you were just talking about there, I, I, you know, we are in this really interesting like vertical that's developing around us. You know, like we don't know a lot of stuff. You get into the governance still isn't even solved at all. You know, the tech is still being built like. Keypalm was built just the other day, you know, like what a few months ago, and that changed a whole lot of things real quickly, you know, so it's been a very interesting time. And from the regulation perspective, most of the stuff that we have in DeFi space or IDO and Launchpad space is uh, kind of not very matching one another. Theoretically, we cannot use financial information publicly near any identifiable information. Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. Can I want to talk about the reputation thing? Because that's an interesting thing. So someone, uh, a user gets a soulbound token. Then what is the reputation aspect to this? Like, how does that tie in to the product? That That's a good philosophical question. Because <laughs> and I think like reputation eventually depends on what our partners want to see. Like, what was it just a filter on top of uh, users' data? So like, we, we want to start with the simplest one. It's just like hashtags, which categories um, of activities people participated, whether it's like a particular vertical of projects, particular impact that they had, like whether they like, I, I don't know, just participated in some giveaways or they really spent some time and created some content or participated in discussion, did something bigger than that. So I think that's going to be a good, really good story. There are reputation protocols like Coretta that are built on in the near ecosystem, but I'm not sure that it's needed. Again, while we don't have too much data on one profile, we don't need any complex things. Like eventually, if we imagine that there are like hundreds of tokens in all the categories, then we can use anything. And there's also like AI aspect, obviously, like uh, coming up in the nearest future, then we'll be able to generate these tokens and to qualify people for something just even without their involvement. Like all this project that kind of classify then Instagram and TikTok accounts by the like, uh, categories of what their content belonged to, what did they do, who they like promoted, what kind of brands they interacted. That's also like one of the possible ways to automate it soon. 
and it's probably something that people are going to be playing around. So yeah. that that's a game they're gonna game. <laughs> I man, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like AI is shaking things up, but I do think that like blockchain, uh, philosophically, I think blockchain and AI need to be together. AI because they need to keep each other in check. Like because mm-hmm. without blockchain, the thing that I think blockchain does really well is it can be a proof of truth like i think truth is going to be it's already so distorted in like web 2 like following truth in anything is almost impossible like what where did you get your info and then where did that get that info so when you think of blockchain it it's a ledger you know you can have like a you can point to a moment and be like look at this and with ai that's just going to flood the entire digital world with trillions amount of content now <laughs> like it's going to like thousand x information how do you sort of sort through that? I don't know. It's it's interesting. I like to think about that. Joe, what do you think? Is AI and blockchain? Well, I you know it, when you bring up you know reputation and you think about you know also too of where all of these different technologies start to fit together and I think about things of like identifying you know is this a person is this a bot you know and for a company that needs to be able to leverage this data as you start to parse that out it is that something that you feel that you as a product as vself can do as part of your service or is that something that at some point the platform that's using your service needs to be able to figure out like like who who becomes responsible for really sorting out those different pieces of that? I think that's again a question of what do we expect as business from the data that we're setting up and whether for us it's so important, whether we're dealing with real people or mm. bots. Because eventually bots are going to be actors on the market and going to sure. be buying stuff and going to be are. making orders for us. And it's already happening. Like when people are using all these uh, GPT assistants to, I don't know, order flight tickets and find like the best vacation. Like, do, do we want to ban them because they're bought? Probably not. And actually, like talking about use cases, the travel industry is one of the kind of most active in terms of who is asking about new ways for loyalty and new ways kind of to identify their clients better same as like e-commerce so yeah i think that there is going to be just going to take some time to rebuild their business processes because what we're trying to avoid we don't want to push something forward because it's cool because it's nft because it's web3 uh and kind of uh, force client to start using it even when they don't understand why Right. Um, but having this very fast um, kind of era of integration of AI into our lives, we need to wait a little bit for them to rethink their business processes and see which piece is still requires automation and improvement. And then we'll kind of stick in our platform. Because again, like even all the conversation about like uh, content being generated, or impact from customers or all the creators economy. It's totally new conversation from the last month. Like it's a new industry. And again, how we're gonna uh, differ tweets written by AI from tweets 
written by people and why do we need to underestimate the amount of time that is being put into writing good prompts to get to particular pictures or oh, tweets yeah. or text. It's, it's uh, still hard work to do. Another aspect that I think it's uh, important to discuss here, like what do you think about like impactive uh, social networks here? Because one of the mm -hmm. topics that uh, differs bot from non-bot like uh, is whether it's whatever I digital identity that is interacting actively with other members of the ecosystem. Someone will write a script of a bunch of bots that interact with a bunch of bots and now mm -hmm. suddenly you got... 10,000 bot ecosystems. You'll have entire systems of bots talking to bots. I used God mode on chat GPT and it was just a bunch of bots talking to each other and spitting out info. It was bananas. So it's just a matter of time until someone, listen, I, I on Twitter, all those sketchy things that like posts from like four to six months ago from accounts from 2009 to 2011, they're all going to collectively combine into some AI army. You know, it's pretty wild to just, it's really interesting to think about. Like, I don't have the answer. Uh, Joe, do we yeah. want to start to sort of wrap up? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think as I mean, there's a lot that's really going on and yeah. that's in this system where you guys definitely sound like you are giving a lot of thought to it and trying to be yeah. very uh, conscientious about what are the next steps as you go through. I did see on your like your website, you're working with someone we interviewed in the past, uh, Popula oh, as well. Yeah. I like popular. So as you start to do these integrations and as you are, are working with different projects, where do you see your roadmap kind of going in the next six months? The main priority for us is to simplify our UX uh, and work with non-Web3 native partners right now. For example, mm -hmm. we're running a pilot with about like 15 different brands called like TripMap. It's a weed-friendly community in Thailand where it mm -hmm. recently got decriminalized and there is a lot of um, kind of community-driven development over there where we try to kind of propose Web3-based but simple as possible loyalty campaign for them. And there we're like really challenging ourselves to stop using any like jargon from web3 to stop using any like complicated flows so that that's going to be like we need to listen to your reality and to get feedback from people who are going to really um use it for their purposes this utility nft that we were talking about so long but now we're kind of facing this challenge how it's playing out uh in, in real life with uh non-technical people and that's yeah, that's our next six months launching as many partnerships. So everyone listening, if they, you want to try launching like token-based marketing campaigns, referrals, hit us up. We're super eager to help. So thanks so much. I love your logo, but I love your uh, character too. I think it's... Oh, lovely. We're, we're still about like to find the name for this guy. We call it Ninja, but Ninja maybe we're going to come up with a better term. Name. Sounds like you have a campaign on your hands. You've got a social <laughs> campaign. Let's name Ninja. Yeah. Nice. This is no, this was really interesting. Uh, I mean, I think these are the type of products that, you know, again, we're really curious about seeing more about of come out in the ecosystem because they are really the foundation of actually doing business and building products, right? It's not just about 
you know, here's another fun feature. There's actually use cases. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much for, you know, coming on Ready Later One. And I uh, can't wait to check out your project more and, and see more projects using the Be Self Soulbound token and doing marketing campaigns with it. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, the comment was uh, just being said. For us, it was very hard to switch because we're a super nerdy team. We would love to stay <laughs> in this shade like in our Narnia and just write uh, cool stuff for an ecosystem. So totally. we're forcing ourselves to go to reality. So yeah, it was really a pleasure to discuss this journey with you. Cool. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. much. All right. Take Have care. a good day. Bye. Bye.